or play it afterwards. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> but now, welcome back to Catechized, the podcast where we discuss the historic reform confessions and catechisms. I'm your host, Josh. With me, as always, is my co-host, Saint John the Divine of LC, the Divine, uh, uh, um, the patron saint, patron saint of, of cows. <laughs> of cows. There it is. Of cows. Say hi, of John. dairy. Um, guys, welcome back to season. Yeah, we're in our third season now. The season distinctives and divisions mean nothing at all, <laughs> but they help us take a break periodically, yeah. I guess. <laughs> they help us pace ourselves. So this is season three, episode one. And they are generically, broadly divided topically. Like last last season was largely focusing on sin, and this season, much more cheery, is, is largely focusing on Jesus. Jesus! Christ. Yeah. The Messiah. You may know him as... <laughs> you you might have heard of him if not f- respect for listening this far in this podcast without <laughs> ever, ever having listened to jesus also maybe um, that's our bad if you've gotten to question or maybe this 21. is the first one you're listening to and you're, you're oh, like what is this point. jesus guy all about and and it is our pleasure to uh to be a part to of introduce you guys of inter- no, don't say it like that <laughs> <laughs> but to show you jesus Oh, All right. good gracious. Anyway, <laughs> we are back I'm in the catechism. Last week we we had a an eschatological, nope, uh, exegetical. There we go. <laughs> big big fat Bible words. We had an exegetical deep dive into Romans nine, uh, which was which was a good old time, but a, a different thing. It was it yeah. was um, kind of a follow up to the last question that talked about God saving His people. Anyways, check that out if if you were. That's it's pretty. It's pretty jazzy. Pretty. Jazzy Jeff. Anyways. That's what we refer to it as anyway. <laughs> but whatever. So today we're, we're back to the old routine. We're going to read and discuss a question. Then we'll talk about some history and then um, and then a heresy. Some and then, heresy. Then we'll send you on our way. We do have one question from, from uh, a catechumen, uh-huh. but it's, uh, it's very much not on topic. So I'm going to save it for a later date. Okay. How much like it's not like a we're saving this for question 97, is it? I don't know. It's about angels, so <laughs> okay. It's a good question, but it's like I'm, you know, I'm going to try and figure out where I want to put this. How about on one day we have a, a little bit of a shorter episode? We'll just throw it on. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, John, how about you read for us? We are in. We are continuing where we left off, so we are in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, Question Twenty One. That is our focus of today's episode. Yes, uh, John, you go ahead and read it. I'll, I'll read it after yes. you, and we'll we'll talk. All right, here we go. Question Twenty One. Here's the question. Who is the Redeemer of God's elect? And here's the answer. The only Redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who, being the eternal Son of God, became man and so was and continueth to be God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever. Nice. Uh, Again, that that is question and answer 21 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Here it is for you one last time. And then you'll never hear it again. (laughs) (laughs) It's going extinct after this reading. (laughs) Who is the redeemer of God's elect? The only redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal son of God became man and so was and continues to be God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever. Just a quick correction. I think you said continues. Mine said continueth. Oh, I'm sorry. So let's... uh, I did... I did... uh, Stick to the originals. Just kidding. (laughs) This is not the original. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, learn your history, boy. Uh, sorry. I, that's, never mind. <laughs> it's a long uh, no, I was just trolling, from, but yeah. From ages, ages past. 
I, I did live live um, live edit it into modern modern English. That was good for the sake of the people. Yeah, I did the old English in case we have some old English folk out there who are nice. That's very kind of you. But yeah. I think the old English is a stumbling block to the. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on the KGV? KGV the the KGB the king the king KJV king the king god version. I got KGB and KJV mixed up. It's a very interesting King James version. No, um, it is a version of the Bible. Those are my thoughts. I've never thought anything else about that whole debate. Sweet, yeah, it's a good way to think about it. No, it's it's a conversation for other people and other times. Yeah. Anyways, um, so this is this is a great little question, and I, I, when I was kind of prepping for it, I don't know about you, but I really struggled because this is this is basically probably a a quarter or a fifth of your christology class in seminary packed into one question yeah i i was thinking about that too it's like this has like hundreds of years of church debate and yeah everything just packed into so this two sentences or yeah. whatever so the way that we've kind of arrived at our framework for this discussion is we there are kind of four assertions more or less in this answer and we're going to address, we're going to identify them and briefly comment on them. <laughs> and, and and I really do think that it'll be clarifying, but there is just so much more, st- as I mean, as as is, is the case that with everything that we talk about, like we, we're trying to make something clear and kind of take profound truths and make them understandable while also understanding and even encouraging um, that further study is, is, is uh, would be beneficial or required. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So the, let's do this. The, the kind of structure or the, the things we're going to address um, from this question are the, the way that we've distilled the answer is into these four assertions. Those four assertions being first, that there is an exclusivity of Christ as the Redeemer of God's elect, um, that the Redeemer of God's elect, Christ, is eternally God. That's the second. Second assertion. Thank you. Second assertion, uh, the, the Redeemer is, is God eternally. Um, third assertion is that this redeemer who was eternally God at a point in history became man also. Mm. Um, uh, that's the third point. And then the fourth is that is a kind of qualification or commenting on the previous two, which is that, um, the redeemer, Jesus Christ being God and man has two natures and yet remains one person. And we will, so that fourth point of that fourth assertion is that Jesus, the redeemer is one person with two natures. Yeah, both fully God, fully man. Fully, fully, yeah. It is it is just baffling to read that because it's like, that's going to take us like six hours to cover. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not it. actually. Don't turn it off now. Yeah, but, we're not Hardcore History or whatever that podcast yeah, is. Yeah, Hardcore History does like the does like six part episodes or you know studies of something and each part is four hours that's so. bonkers <laughs> it's like anyways 20 some hours it's great podcast though sure I don't hardcore know. history sponsor us i don't think that's how that i works. don't think that is how that works but <laughs> i would so, take it anyways all right so we'll start number one don't yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> sorry um the exclusivity of christ yeah so the the answer starts there the oh gosh i don't forget the exact wording um the only redeemer of god's elect is the lord jesus christ the only redeemer of god's elect and so this again presupposes question 20 and our discussion also uh, about romans 9 that Hmm. that those who are saved are god's elect like that is an assumption carried by this excuse me one second who was it i answered and was like 
uh, hello? And then he said my brother's name, and I was like, nope, wrong number. <laughs> and then he's like, hello? And I said, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> hello? Sorry about that interruption. I don't remember. Anyways, the, the question 21, as all of the questions in the catechism do, they, they kind of assume the the previous questions. Yeah. And so this question addressing salvation, addressing redemption, um, assumes that those who are saved and redeemed are, are elect of God. Yeah. Um, and tune into the end of season two slash our Romans nine footnotes and proof text to engage with an understanding of what it means to be of God's elect. Um, but those who are saved, who are God's elect are saved, they are saved by Jesus Christ um, who is the only way of salvation, basically. That, yeah. that he's the only redeemer of God's elect. And we are kind of taking this as an opportunity to discuss the, the exclusivity of Christ in salvation. Yeah. And I think, just really quickly, John fourteen six is the easiest jumping off point in which Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a very clear, simple statement. <laughs> to the point. <laughs> to the point. <laughs> It's been uh, whatever, but yeah. So Jesus is the only way to salvation. Yeah, I boom. <laughs> I recall. Um, I've talked to you about this, Josh, but I recall um, hearing this analogy before, where like God is a mountain, and like oh gosh, you know, you, as a Christian, you're going up this side, but like people in other faiths are, you know, going up the mountain other sides, and so there's other ways to get to God. Right. And um, actually, even this is interesting. You know, C.S. Lewis even has a little twinge of this oh in last battle in the last battle when i was little i was like dad what is that because it sounds bad and he i forget what he said but it is bad yeah but everyone makes mistakes c.s lewis i love c.s lewis but yeah same he has like that's like one of the only things i can think of that i'm really like maybe he has a couple other but he has a handful of hang-ups but but yeah um but yeah basically he his view in the last battle is that um which is the last book of the chronicles of narnia series is basically that this guy who's pursuing this other God really fervently um, and sincerely is actually pursuing the correct God. He just doesn't know it. Right. And this R- question, which in- is, which is really Roman Catholic. Like a lot of Roman yeah. Catholics would be like the, the, the righteous pagan is still saved through Christ, but because they sought God with everything that they had access to. Yeah. It's like, but they, that's not th- you can't but say it's you through have Jesus, Jesus and yeah. have Jesus be not a part of it at all. Yeah, and they're like, well, it's still Jesus' sacrifice that saves them. And they're like, but that doesn't. Anyways, that's not a. This is yeah. not a time to discuss with a Roman <laughs> Catholic on that. But, but but yeah, the point is that this question is clearly going against that idea of God is a mountain, right? Like yeah, no, and so only one way up. Yeah, there's only one way up. And this, I think, the the point that I want to emphasize about this exclusivity of Christ. Uh, well, I guess there's two. Um, and they both kind of are responses to the broad and general opposition to this idea, which is that that is really close-minded, it's hateful, it's unkind, yeah. etc. That it, that what about people uh, who haven't heard of Jesus? Right. There's yeah. a lot of claims against this, the exclusivity of Christ from various groups within and the, from those who would and wouldn't call themselves Christians. Yeah. And um, for different reasons, uh, and, and there's a lot of trouble with this. And the first thing... Um, our pastor emphasizes, I think, a lot, often and well, is that while Christianity is the most exclusive religion, Jesus is the only way. There is only one truth. Um, it is Christ. It is also the most inclusive in that those who are saved by Christ, any human distinction, category, separation, 
falls apart. The gospel is for all peoples. Yeah. It's not for the elites. It's not for the poor. It's not for men. It's not for women. It's not for XYZ race. Um, it is for all people. Um, there is no human division that would separate one from salvation in Christ. So while the, the, while Christianity is the most exclusive, it is, uh, Christianity is, um, the one true religion following and saved by the one true redeemer. And yet that church is made up of any and every kind of person. Yeah. And similarly, um, there's no like, there's no like works component to it either where you have to be like, you're only saved after earning these, you know, certain things. It, it's accepting of, well, like you look at the whole ministry of Jesus and he's, accepting the tax collector the pharisee yeah. he saves he pharisee, saves the worst of the worst yeah it's 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 not a Prostitute, salvation that is what i was looking for <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah but yeah the the exclusivity of jesus does uh is is true and real yeah but it, the inclusivity those types of people who are saved there's no human division and there's no level of wickedness that would like you're too wicked to be saved by Christ that yeah. doesn't exist. And so we should take solace and and rejoice and hope in the reality that Jesus the redeemer of God's elect who is the only way to God saves all kinds of people there is no human division that would yeah. separate anyone from from that. The limit does not exist. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got a nice Mean Girls reference. The Limit does not exist. Oh, I haven't seen Mean Girls. John, you haven't seen Mean Girls? No. (laughs) It's one of the best movies of our generation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Did you? Were you not quoting the movie? I was. Oh, okay. Also, is that a gluten-free thing? It's a gluten-free. Now she's chosen to risk it and just eat wheat today. (laughs) (laughs) You can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, the other thing. In addition to that, there's some fun editing work here. Yeah, thanks everybody. Um, thanks, wife and friend, for making my life easier. All right, Tom. Tom Elder at our church, great guy, loves the Lord. Um, has the coolest voice when he reads scripture at church. It's like, oh, all right, just keep going. Uh, it's unfair, and I kind of hate him for it to be honest. So does our pastor. He's like, it's not, I sound like a little child when I read the Bible after him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super jealous of our pastor's voice. I'll say that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> love the guy brutal <laughs> anyways we need to move on <laughs> in addition to the inclusivity combined with that genuine like with the exclusivity of christ there's also the reality that saying that jesus is the only way to god is only hateful mean closed-minded if it's not true right if there are many ways to god then to say there's only one is unjustly limiting it is closed-minded and it is unwelcoming and it is um, at least dishonest if not unhelpful or even cruel but that's not the case and so this idea that to say that jesus is the only way is mean or wrong or harsh or whatever that that falls apart because it's true that, yeah. that jesus saying he's the only way that's not like a, a ha-ha in your face all the other ways are wrong it's a there is literally no other way because the objective truth and reality is that there is only one way of salvation and that is through Christ, the redeemer, the only redeemer of God's elect, then it is good news to be shown the one way. If there are multiple ways, then being told there's only one is limiting. But because there is only one way, 
to be shown what that way is is abundantly gracious and kind. Yeah. It's it's the difference isn't many versus one. It's there is one. Do you know it or do you not? Yeah. And so saying that Jesus is the only way that's a loving and gracious thing because he is the only way. That's actually true. Yeah. And so to to draw attention to that truth is a loving thing, not a limiting thing. And I think that's a really important like perspective shift to yeah. have in, in, in talking about the exclusivity it's, of Christ. It's basically just very modern to want to say everyone's right. And like the thing is, if everyone is not right, then it won't be good for them in the end <laughs> right. to have thought they were. Exactly. So, cool. yeah. So, assertion one. Now, assertion two, um, that that this redeemer of God's elect is eternally God. Again, to continue reading. I, I know I said this is the last time you'll ever hear these words, but that's not true. Um, <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> the only redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who, being the eternal son of God. So, that 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 is the next assertion, that that's, this redeemer is the eternal son of God. And we get this, and I'll, I'm just going to read some selections from John 1. I've been studying it with my Greek students, um, and it's just also the the, the like low hanging fruit of the yeah. of the divinity easy, of easy Jesus. Easy money, <laughs> uh, and, and so we'll go and I'll read some. Um, if you want to read the prologue to John's Gospel, John one one through eighteen, but I'll highlight a couple of verses one through three, ten through thirteen, and eighteen. Do it, um, uh, because they just really hit this home. Um, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things oh yeah, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus, as clearly identified as the Word by John in this passage, yeah. is was with uh was with and is God from eternity. He is ascribed the creative act that belongs to God alone. So he is a creator, not a created being, which we'll talk mm. about later. Um, and, and so Jesus is eternal God. And then continuing in verses 10 through 13, he was in the world and the world was made through him. Again, asserting Jesus creating. Yeah. Jesus as Very creator. like, what do we say? High Christology. Yes, it is. It's very um, high view of Jesus. And high discussion or assertions yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Again, talking about how it is Jesus, who is God, who is the savior of his people. Um, And then finally in verse 18, the close of the prologue, no one has ever seen God, semicolon, hard pause. The only God who is at the father's side, he has made him known. Again, asserting who Jesus is, who was with the the father at the beginning of this text. Jesus is God. And so, the divinity of Jesus is is re- robustly asserted by the New Testament and by Christ Himself. John eight is, anyways, yeah. um, is a good place you to could, go. You could, pretty much almost any book in the New Testament, you could find this to some extent pointed out. Yeah, or at least be an operating presupposition of the author. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus is eternally God, and then also in John, I think this is another. This, oh gosh. John 17 is one of my favorite passages. Um, When I was an intern at a church in college, it was actually the passage that I preached on reflecting. I I don't think that sermon was very good, probably. But why (laughs) would it be? First thing ever. Anyways, it was not in John 17, which I love. And John 17, 5 is relevant to our conversation, which reads, which is Jesus, part of Jesus' high priestly prayer right before he's... um, 
turn, betrayed to the cross. Yeah. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Mm. Before creation, Jesus shared in the glory of the Father. Again, kind of connecting to the thing, the words of John at the beginning of the gospel that Jesus has made known God and his glory and revealed him. And it was able to because he is himself God. The divinity of Jesus is is confidently and consistently asserted in scripture yeah and i think one thing this was this may be something that no other person kind of thought about when they were younger but i thought about this so i just wanted to mention it briefly when when i was younger i thought like the fact that he was you know god the son made him less than god the father as though the son is you are not the the first person ever that's like all throughout (laughs) christianity (laughs) yeah but (laughs) Bad. usually in other ways but sure. yeah um and that is not the case <laughs> the point <laughs> of like the father and son relationship is i think partly just helping to understand the trinity and also there's not it's not that sons are less than their father <laughs> right it like if you know abraham isaac and jacob it's not like abraham was great and then isaac was a little less great and then jacob was a little less great and then you work down and everyone's just getting worse and worse the point is that they kind of carry on the the family in a way just just <laughs> connecting to the old testament sure I don't know. sure sure no and and that's it, it's it, yeah it's good that this son the sonship of christ does not make him inferior to the father yeah very essential that he is not he's not kind of like a lesser god but well, I guess we'll get to that more in the heresy. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Jesus, the only one and only, that was really redundant. <laughs> the only one and only. <laughs> Redeemer is God. He is also, moving on to assertion three, is also man. He became man. This is something we'll address more next week as we, yeah. next, the next question, question 22, addresses more Jesus' humanity. And so some of these points will be elaborated on this Episode yeah. one and two of season three are kind of going to be really tight, tightly connected partner episodes Yeah, um, because of how they kind of are handling the same stuff. Anyways, Jesus, who has always been God, who is the eternal divine son and second person of the Trinity, unchanging because going back to question four, which is episode five. Yeah. And then other footnotes and proof text with the, anyways, um, mm. Jesus or God is, is unchanging. He's immutable. He does not change. Um, Jesus being God does not change, yeah. um, but he does become man. He does become man. That's the second uh, or the third um, assertion of this question about who the redeemer of God's elect is. And John, going back to John's prologue in John 1, John 1, 14 reads, and the word became flesh. This word who again earlier is identified with God and the yeah. word became flesh and he dwelt among us. Or that word is actually tabernacle, very intentionally drawing upon the... Yeah. Just as God dwelt with Israel in the wilderness, Jesus is Dwells dwelling with man. with man, but in the like truest version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Um, and so it is this second divine person of the Trinity, the eternal Son of God, who has taken on humanity. And again, we'll get into this with the heresy a little bit this, and we'll talk about this in in greater detail actually next week. Yeah. But Jesus becoming man is not a change in God or the Godhead. Yeah. Jesus divinity remains intact and uncompromised. 
he does not change. He adds to his person a second nature, which unless you have something else to say about that third point, we can move on. That's a good segue. So the final assertion of the question or of the answer, I guess, is that he, he was God. He added to himself humanity and he continues as a man. And so he is, uh, two natures with one person he's one person with two natures yeah jesus is one person with two natures um and i want to define person and nature and then let you talk a little bit do it um but but this is basically again asserting because jesus one person is 100 percent god and 100 percent man and neither of his natures compromise one another and they also don't compromise jesus being one person that's how we understand the incarnation <laughs> sort of and then and they just kind of simple category i guess distinctions nature is what kind of thing you are yeah and person is a distinct individual amongst its kind so nature is what kind of thing a thing is and person is a distinct individual amongst a kind of thing and jesus is a distinct individual one person with who is simultaneously two different kinds of things yeah he is the kind of thing that is god and he is the kind of thing that is man completely both of those but yeah. only one distinct individual and that is a an assertion that just must cause cognitive <laughs> unrest yeah this this one is like this is one of the most like combative i feel like um issues because so the idea is that jesus as the single person is both 100 percent god and 100 percent man yeah and you're like well that's 200 percent. like that doesn't, doesn't work, work. Or so that our our what we want to do is either be like he's like half god and half man, yeah, he's or, like cat dog, yeah, <laughs> or or he. But I like, guess they were two people and one <laughs> nature, or or even like he um he like switches, he kind of oscillates between god and Ooh. man, um, and the <laughs> the point is that that is not the case. He's right. fully god, fully man, always simultaneously, right? And he doesn't like. He doesn't turn one off or yeah. yeah. There's a, a pastor theologian I like that, that kind of in an effort to correct maybe common misunderstandings of Christology who's like, Jesus is not God in a man suit. It's not like the incarnation is the second person of the Trinity spiritually filling up a, a like inanimate body. Yeah. It's it's not like there's this this corpse that is the human Jesus and the the spirit of God <laughs> sort of animates possession. It. Yeah. It's that Jesus is all that it is to be human and all that it is to be God, but he's one individual. It's like if I, Josh, one person see, so that like I, I have one nature. I am human in nature and yeah. I am one person, Josh. It's like if I, Josh, who am one person were also a dog, but <laughs> didn't like, still remained completely fully a yeah. person Josh, and, and didn't, fully dog fully man and didn't clone myself into a dog yeah it, it, it it's like we can't make those <laughs> it's yeah you this is one of those things that it it is not i mean th- we talk about this all the time but the point of the bible is not to make god you know every facet of god fit into our Categories. puny understandings and categories and so there are some things when, like, it would make sense that God w- might be a little more complicated than we can handle. Right. Like, 
Yeah. Um, and I think that is the situation here to some extent where yeah. you're not going to, I don't know, It's it doesn't necessarily have to like fit into our systems of understanding right. in order for it to be true. Yeah, because that's well said. God is beyond them. Yes. His ways are not our ways. There we go. <laughs> nice. But yeah, so Jesus, one person, fully God, fully man. Everything that it is Hiccups. to be God, he is. And everything that it is <laughs> to be man, he is. Um, and uh, yeah, there, there it is. Yeah, there you go. Nice. And we're going to, so well, we'll kind of wrap up the four of those in a second to move on. But we're going to really dig into the, like, these points will be elaborated on our heresy this week. And next week, we'll really dive into the realities of the divine son taking on humanity and what that meant for him and his person. Uh, that That's what we'll address in, yeah. in a discussion on question 22. But but this, um, this question, again, introduces Jesus. It, it, Jesus is the only redeemer. He is the one redeemer of God's people. And he is the redeemer. He as the redeemer is, is fully God. He, he has always existed as the second person of the Trinity. And at somewhere around zero AD, <laughs> one AD, he took on a human, uh, he took on a human nature. Jesus, the, the, the one person with one nature, divine nature, who has eternally existed, took on a second nature when he was born of the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. I guess when he was conceived. Yeah. Um, and, and conceived and born of the Virgin Mary um, and added to himself eternally from that point a second nature where he remains God and remains man. Yeah. Um, That's a good point, actually. It's not, you know, when he ascended back into up into heaven, he didn't lose the human nature. He still yeah. retains that. So right. he is, he was and continues to be fully god fully man right um and in doing that has two natures he is simultaneously two different kinds of being and yet he is one distinct person the divine person the eternal son of god that is the redeemer it's kind of like uh never (laughs) no 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 (laughs) all right i'm gonna do it anyway it's kind of like a power ranger once they combine into like their super suit it's like Never mind. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I get that one. But yeah, so just making sense in my mind, but Redeemer it doesn't of God's anywhere life. else. Um, I think a little bit of clarity will now come with our history of the week. Yay. Our history of the week is um, the, the creed and or definition, it's as it's called, from the Council of Chalcedon. I was asking John before the show how he pronounced that word because I've heard it three different ways. I've heard we it Chalcedon. Both pro- we both pronounce it Chalcedon. Yeah, which which that means that that's the correct one. <laughs> and then we've heard Chalcedon, which I've heard a handful of people do, and I'm and I I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what. It feels a little bit of a heavy commitment to the English language. You just see the ch, and you're like, well, it's gonna be Chal. Yeah, um, but maybe maybe we don't understand. Yeah, is it Latin? Latin maybe. <laughs> I feel like it should be Latin. I know. I want to learn Latin. Anyways, and then I've all, we've also heard Chalcedon which just feels pretentious. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the Chalcedonian definition or the Chalcedonian creed comes from this council um, of of Chalcedon, (laughs) which was in a a response, a a council called in response to to a lot of heresies 
um, around the the person and nature uh, natures of Christ. Foreshadowing. That was, nice. That was held in 451 AD. Uh, and, and so I'm going to read part of that. Part of that for you. Do it. 451 uh, AD. 451 document. AD, the Chalcedonian definition. Uh, we teach men to acknowledge the one and same and the same Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at once complete in Godhead and complete in manhood, truly God and truly man, consisting also of a reasonable soul and body, of one substance with the Father as regards his Godhead, and at the same time one substance with us as regards to manhood. Like us in all respects, apart from sin, as regards to his Godhead, begotten of the Father before the ages, but yet as regards to his manhood, begotten. For us men and for our salvation of the Virgin Mary, the God-bearer, one and the same Christ, Son, Lord, only begotten, recognized in two natures without confusion, without change, without division, without separation, the distinction of natures being in no way annulled by the union, but rather the characteristics of each nature being preserved and coming together to form one person in substance, not as parted or separated into two persons, but one and the same Son and only begotten God, the Word, Lord Jesus Christ, even as the prophets from the earliest times spoke of him, and our Lord Jesus Christ himself taught us, and the creed of the fathers was handed down to us. You may want to re-listen to that chunk slash just read the thing for yourself several times, but it really, it has a lot of precise and specific language in order to guard against errors regarding who Jesus was, really affirming the sameness of Jesus' divine nature with that of the Godhead, the triune God, that there is a 100% correspondence between Jesus' divinity and the divinity of the Godhead. He yeah. is one of the persons of the Trinity. And yet there is a 100% correspondence of Christ's human nature with ours. Mm-hmm. It is not a partial human nature. It's not a human nature. Um, it's not a human mind, will, soul that fills, uh, or it's not a, a divine mind, soul, will that fills a human body. Um, it's not any sort of combination or puzzling together of a divine and human nature. Um, Jesus' human nature it corresponds completely and entirely with what, um, with what it is to be human. Jesus has always existed. That's the part where it talks about him being uh, begotten of the Father before the ages. That's Jesus. That's talking yeah. about Jesus' eternal sonship. But but yet that eternally begotten of the Father Son was in space and time, born of Mary, physically begotten. Uh, of the Virgin Mary, um, the God bearer. That's Theotokos. Do we have a good discussion on that term in this podcast? I think we have really, really, really short addressing of that idea. Um, Say it one more time. I didn't God bearer calling Mary, the God bearer oh, or Theotokos. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So long story short, this is debated by people for reasons. We'll actually address it more next week. Um, but people have a problem with it saying that, but Protestants often have a problem with it because Roman Catholics have made it a statement about Mary. But historically, it's not a statement about Mary. It's a statement about Jesus. To call Mary the God-bearer was affirming the divinity of the the human that she gave birth to. Yeah. Which we do. And so calling Mary the God-bearer is not a bad thing because it's a comment primarily about Jesus. It's yeah. not about the veneration and of when Mary. You, and when you believe in the 100% humanity of Jesus, 
it makes sense that he is born. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> not just which ah man, we'll get into that next week. Yeah. Not just blooped out of the womb, <laughs> preserving the virginity uh, of Mary. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, <laughs> a little dig at Rome. Uh, um, <laughs> oh man. And it, but but yeah, this 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 creed continues. Sorry again, talking about the two natures of Christ without confusion that we don't blend divinity and humanity and come up with some yeah. other other thing. Um, the they when Jesus the person. Um, the distinct individual has these two natures. They are not changed. The The union of humanity and divinity in the person of Jesus Christ does not change either one of those natures. Yeah. Um, they are not divided or separated or, or broken apart. The distinction of the natures is not annulled by the union. That's a comment on all the previous qualifications. Mm. But the characteristics of each nature being preserved and coming together to form one person and substance. Jesus is a distinct individual who has two natures, one person, not parted or separated into two persons. Again, that this idea that that Jesus there's not a divine logos and a human Jesus who are in perfect union, which again we'll talk about with heresies. Yeah. Um but they are one son, only begotten of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is born. Um it's just the very first clear statement summarizing an orthodox understanding of christ as he is presented in the scriptures in refutation of heresies yeah. it's a cool thing boom speaking of refutation of heresies heresy of the week heresy of the week wah, 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 and actually wah, 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 wah. honestly this is like the 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 most gentle softball of a heresy because there are just <laughs> so many yeah like we could we could just do episodes on the heresies. Oh, uh, the Christological of, heresies? Yeah. Oh, there's so many, so many. There's so many. So, I mean, we'll get to more of those moving forward. But yeah. So, I just, just to, by way of introduction, inspired by our Christology class, when I taught Christology to juniors, um, we did the we did this thing where we like put Jesus in a box and you have Jesus in the middle of the box and each side of the square that is the box that Jesus is in is something that limits our definition and understanding of him coming from Chalcedon, which yeah. comes from scripture. The top line of the box being Jesus divinity, the bottom being his humanity, the left perimeter of the box being his personhood, one person, and the right being his two natures. And that every heresy is a crossing of one of those lines. Yeah. That there are certain heresies that cross the Jesus is divine line and others that cross the Jesus is one person, Jesus is two nature, Jesus yeah. is one man. And what we're doing today as we're discussing the heresies that cross the Jesus's divine line. Yeah. That if it breaks, these heresies all compromise the how we understand Christ. Christ in his divinity. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. First one here we got is Arianism, which is this guy, I think his name's Arius. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> oh. Um, from, I think, the third century um, AD. Basically, his view was that Jesus was the first created thing. Yeah. So his the line was kind of like, there was a time when he was not. Yeah. There was a time when God existed before Jesus existed. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, obviously, we just read John, which was like, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, which kind of... Well, they would be like, well, yeah, in the beginning of created things, but he was made yeah. before that. Which... which it's not is dumb, but it's yeah. Well, you kind of gotta you gotta wheeze a little bit, yeah. but yes. Yeah, Which so, go ahead. But it is like you can make basically Arianism was a a very large yeah thing that had taken a lot of people um, uh, and convinced them because you can pretty easily manipulate those passages 
in that direction. Yeah. The problem is, is that it is a manipulation of them. It's clearly not what Jesus is saying about himself, but it could very clearly and easily be misunderstood to mean that, which is why Ari- the Arian heresy took a lot of the church for a long time. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it was kind of, it was, it was bad because I'll, a good majority even of the church was sort of drifting in that direction. And it seemed like only yeah. a few were holding out. Yeah. Um, so it's good. We're not Arians. It is good that we're not Arians in, in this sense, not in Do you that. Know, I think that Mormons use the, um, the vastness of the Arian heresy as proof that their ideas are true. Cause they're like, Arianism got shut down as a heresy, but Arianism is actually real because Jesus is a God and so can you. I was gonna I was actually gonna say that about I think wasn't Jehovah's Witness has a similar view of God? I don't know enough about them. Basically God was or Jesus like was kind of created or was the what was it? The word was a God is their translation yeah, 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 yeah. of Oh yeah. Um, because it doesn't have the definite article. Yeah. Nonsense. Anyways. <laughs> but but yeah, basically Arianism, bad. Jesus, it says Jesus is not created, but or Jesus was created, but yeah. you have to, like we were saying, yeah. it quickest reputation is that the by associate like by ascribing to Jesus the things that belong to the Creator, it, it distinguishes him as not a created thing, but a create yeah. Creator. There's so yeah. many passages in the New Testament that use references to God and references to Jesus completely synonymously. Right. Referencing even Old Testament passages and saying applying them directly to Christ. Particularly so, within that distinction, the the creator creature distinction. Yeah. And and Jesus is always the kind of thing that is creator, not yeah. created. And then well, all right, we'll work through a few more of these hopefully quicker. All right. Next one is adoptionism. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Basically this one as it kind of sounds like is that Jesus was just a guy who God adopted as his son, right. basically. When Jesus is baptized and God yeah. said, this is my son. <laughs> like, that's the point when he, the human Jesus, became the divine son yeah. at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, once again, I feel like I feel like even just John 1 makes this very difficult to buy. Yeah, it, I think so too. And also um, an understanding of what that statement is. Um, mm. and, and I think uh, like, um, an understanding of the Psalms that's, that's, uh, likely or certainly allusion to Psalm two and yeah. sonship is, is a, a kingly assertion that God is, this is almost Jesus anointing as King is his baptism. It's, it's his Jesus baptism has a lot of theological. Yeah. There's a lot more to weight it. to it than just, but, yeah, but it's, it's not him becoming divine. That's not the, <laughs> that's not what the the use of other passages of scripture in that moment. That's not what the allusions and the commentary on that moment would be implying. It's, it's much more about Jesus beginning his ministry, Jesus being anointed as the the King who brings the kingdom of God. Um, And it's also like he is baptized into uh, he, he representatively is baptized for his, his people like, repent it's about john's yeah. baptism is one of repentance jesus doesn't need to repent, he's representing is, israel in his baptisms right it's not that he needs a and, baptism of repentance it's that israel doesn't he yeah. represents israel yeah and he's associating with them they who are baptized in the red sea he yeah. is baptized associating himself with them into his then wilderness wandering of temptation which immediately follows anyways Boom. we're kind of teasing we, a lot of things that are cool we go on <laughs> <laughs> um i was gonna ask real quick what do they do with the um passage where 
when he's Jesus is twelve and he's yeah. in the temple and he's like, know. I'm a you know about my father's house. Yeah. And my 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 presumption is that when adoptionism was floating around and in full thrust, that um maybe Luke maybe Luke maybe they didn't have access to Luke. Maybe yeah. they just had Mark and and a couple of Paul's epistles in that area. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's or they fair. were just like, see, that's why God picked him because he was so good at twelve. <laughs> that, like that, legitimately, <laughs> he, knew he was going. He was going for the job from twelve. Yeah, yeah. Like, but seriously, maybe, maybe there, there, are, there are ways to twist anything. Yeah, I mean, I guess. It, well, honestly, that's a good lesson for any reading of scripture. You can make it say whatever you want it to say yeah. if you're willing to to do build, those gymnastics. you know, cook up a a backstory and like, ah, he's writing to these people who are worshiping such and such a thing. Right. Like, yeah. Um, so if you're willing to do that, you can make it say whatever you want. That doesn't mean it, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, last, what's that? Finally, finally, last one we're going to look at today. Oh, I was thinking of a couple other ones. Yeah, we'll just do this one and we'll come back to the other ones. But, <laughs> um, kenosis is, and this is basically that Jesus was fully God, but then he came to, well, when he was born, he emptied himself of his, yeah divinity basically it's an over kenosis comes from a, the greek word for uh, basically emptying and and from philippians 2 where he did not count equality with god a thing to be grasped but and anyways and it's yeah. from that passage and he it's an overextension of what that passage is saying yeah basically saying he's he temporarily he temporarily ceased to be divine uh, and that, so like the worst forms of people who assert kenosis yeah. are the people who assert that Jesus ceased being divine for the duration of his incarnation. Yeah. If you've seen the movie Hercules and, um, he, the, those <laughs> little like good. munchkin guys try and give Hercules when he's a baby, this juice that if he drinks it, he'll stop being divine entirely. That's kind of what kenosis is. Now what happens in Hercules is he doesn't drink every drop and so he still retains his divinity, but a little bit. A little bit. And then he kind of gets it all back once he's in the he pool of death. Because he proves himself worthy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good movie. Yeah, great movie. But but yeah, so that's not what happened with Jesus. Jesus did not drink the uh the munchkin potion. <laughs> Whatever those guys are called, the little devil guys. No, I know you're talking about yeah. I just don't know what they're called. Yeah, I don't. But purple uh gremlins. Yeah, the little gremlins. Jesus did not drink this potion he retained his full divinity and his full humanity while on earth now like there are passages in which jesus seems to not have knowledge or not have you know what i mean yeah, to be addressed next week when we talk about his oh, okay you know what i'm talking about though? yeah yeah um but yeah basically foreshadowing them there are passages that talk basically jesus says only the father knows the day and the hour stuff like that where it seems like jesus lacks information and we'll talk about that it was a little uh cliffhanger for you because um, those are relevant to his humanity which yeah. is the focus of next week yeah sweet well all right i think that's it that's that's what we got for well, you thanks for tuning in everybody um uh, give us a like and a comment and a review on Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts are on now. Oh, are we? Yeah. Oh. Other things. Deezer. I don't, I don't you've know. You've already referenced that. <laughs> I, I, I just always, joke too. for some reason, 
yeah, it's been cool to hear feedback from you all and and hear from you. We don't have we only have that one question from the catechumens, and we'll and we'll get to it. First soon. of all, thank you for asking that question, even if it's unrelated. We'll get to it. Oh, we always will, and we'll do it. We'll do it this season full show. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. Uh, we, we would like more questions so that we have one every week. So please do that. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, like, follow, share. Um, we yeah. hope that you benefit from this. Please reach out and uh, um, homework for this week. Watch Hercules. Watch Hercules. And tell movie. us what those purple gremlins are called. Yeah. Um, yeah. Catechize your kids. We will see you next week. Farewell.